Welcome back to the Super Duper Punch Superhero Kick Super Show. It's me, Dude Super, coming at you from my Aunt Teresa's living room. That reminds me. Aunt Teresa, can I have some more sweet tea? Thank you. <laughs> now, on this episode, we find little Eddie trying to make his way into the superhero scene. Will he be met with open arms or will he be pile drive to the face? Will the door get slammed? What's next for little Eddie and any man? Open your eyes and your ears for the super duper punch, superhero kick, super show. <laughs> Roll. It's me, Super Eddie. Watch me break this board with my hand. Ow! Ow, my fingies! Ow, 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 ow. Ooh. Ooh, that smart's so bad. Do you know that boards are really hard? Ouch. <laughs> Small child wimpy and puny and tiny. Hulk strong, Hulk big, Hulk green, little child pink. You know superhero, you small. Hulk smash feelings. Yeah, what, whatever, it's little Eddie, not little child. Anyways, what does Hulk know? He's just a big... Big, actually pretty cool, strong, awesome guy with like super strength and anger problems, which I think it's weird that we like glorified his anger problem. I don't think it's really responsible to, to make a, a hero out of somebody with rage issues. But anyways, that's besides the point. I'm just gonna keep doing my thing. You know, I'm gonna be super Eddie. Look, I can fly. Oh, Owie. my knees. Aw, sweetie. Hey, super girl. Sweetie, careful. You're too young to be getting into the superhero life. You're just gonna get yourself hurt. You should wait until you're a little bit older and maybe just a little bit less squishy. Yeah. I mean, I guess I am a little squishy. And I don't even really have a real super suit, just these smelly old jammies that keep getting more and more brown from dirt. You know, that's, that's fine, I might, that may have hurt, but it's okay, I'm gonna play through the pain. I am, I'm super Eddie, I might not be super, super, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty super, I'm super enough. What's up, kid? <laughs> Did you just say you wanted to be a superhero? Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious, kid, but that's never gonna happen. Why? I'm sorry to say it. You can't shoot webs like me. Pa-ching, 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 pa-ching. Can you stick to walls? Well, I mean, not, not no, naturally, you but sure I'm can. pretty sticky. Do you have super strength? No. No, and you know what else? What? Your, your feet. Your, what's wrong with your feet? Okay, I mean. They're weirdly shaped. That one hurt my. I don't, I don't like that. That one hurt my feelings for sure. My eyeballs are starting to get to, to sweat. And I thought he was supposed to be in a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, not the mean and oddly specific neighborhood Spider-Man. It's okay. No, it's not. Maybe he's right. Maybe I'm. No, maybe look, I'm not good out to be a look, superhero. Look, what's wrong? What's wrong? Oh, buddy. Oh, I know. <laughs> 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 you. Uh, <laughs> 
Hey, there's actually been something I've been wanting to show you. Do you want to go check it out? Okay. Okay, let's go. We'll, we'll get you taken care of, buddy. Dude, not cool. All of the superheroes were super mean to little Eddie. He's just trying to be like them. What did any man have for little Eddie? Is it a new baseball glove? Is it an artwork? Is it a poster of Taylor Swift? We'll find out really soon after this quick break from the sponsors of the Super Duper Punch Superhero Kick Super Show. Okay, so tonight we are talking about a topic that is close to my heart and that we just saw Little Eddie experience, and that is rejection, okay? Little Eddie was just being a little self and he got a little rejected by the different superheroes and they called him mean names, they told him he was squishy and he had weird feet and that he had no business getting into the superhero life. And we see that this really hurts little Eddie, it hurts his little heart. And while it is silly and ridiculous and weird, we can actually apply it to our lives because many of us in this room would probably say that we've experienced rejection at some point or another within our own lives. Now, I found that a really good definition or way to define rejection is the following. It steals the best of who we are by reinforcing the worst of what's been said to us. Steals the best of who I am by reinforcing the worst of what's been said to me. And this, uh, this enemy of rejection or this weapon of rejection is actually one of the enemy's biggest weapons that he wants to use against us in order to come against who we are and who we were created to be. And this rejection is that voice inside of your head that asks questions like, well, why does nobody seem to like me? Why does nobody seem to care about me? Why do I never seem to be like I'm enough or like I'm likable enough? What is wrong with me? These are thoughts that the spirit of rejection can put into your mind. It's also the fear of being abandoned or the fear of never really figuring out who you are and who you're supposed to be. And these are all things that I've experienced so many times throughout my life. And I'll be honest, I've come to understand rejection not because of an immense amount of research that I've done on the topic, but from a deep and personal connection to it. See, it's been a part of my story for the majority of my life. Throughout elementary school, middle school, high school, I faced quite a bit of rejection. And I think if you were to look back at even maybe the last few days, you could say that you've experienced rejection as well. Maybe it's from your friends, your teachers, cute boys, cute girls, mean girls, coaches, maybe even your own family members. Maybe they just don't seem to get you, to understand you, to like who you are or anything about you. And so by the time I got to high school, it's kind of a mess. I'd been hit with rejection over and over and over again from people who I let into my life, who I trusted, who I loved, and people who I'd never even really met before. Over and over again, rejection seemed to come against me and attack who I was as a person. And so by the time high school came around, I didn't really know who I was, but I knew I didn't really like who I was. 
I was a walking billboard for rejection and it manifested in me in every single way possible. Now, there's some things, maybe some symptoms for this, I guess, sickness of rejection that I'm about to say that I personally experienced. And you might be able to relate to one or maybe all of them, but rejection, it manifests or it kind of shows in who you are, in the way that you act, in the way that you talk after you've been impacted by it by a certain amount of times. And so by high school, I noticed some things about myself. I noticed one that I was overly sensitive. If someone would look at me wrong or just say even the nice, slightly mean comment to me, I would absolutely fall apart and fall to pieces. I noticed that I was just super, super insecure. I didn't like who I was, and so I didn't really want to show who I was to other people in worries that they would hurt me again and not like me again. I was untrusting, and so I didn't really want to let people in. I didn't want them to see the real me, and so instead I built up huge, huge walls all around me so they didn't have to let people in. And lastly, one of the biggest things I noticed was that I was mean. I was mean. My defense tactic that I used was to reject others before they had the opportunity to reject me. I thought it was better to walk away early or before the relationship really even began so that I wouldn't have to suffer the pain of them falling away later. Now, some may say, well, this is smart. This is a defense tactic. This is you setting up boundaries and protecting yourself. But I knew that in my case, it was just called letting past hurts hurt me all over again. And on the outside, I acted like I was so strong. I was so tough and so confident. But in reality, I was as fragile as glass, vulnerable to being shattered by even the smallest look or glance. Seemed as though whenever I would let anyone close to me, whenever I would let them see the real me, they would end up hurting me some way, somehow. And rejection, it's not really easy to define because I think it shows up in different ways in each of our lives. And I think that it comes against us in so many different ways, which is why it is such an effective weapon for the enemy to try to use against us to hurt us. See, rejection, it snowballs. It's not really like death by a thousand cuts. Instead, it's death by one cut that continues to get larger and larger and larger with each new encounter that we have with rejection. And so we become more sensitive, more sensitive, more sensitive, more vulnerable, more vulnerable, more vulnerable, and also more and more hurt. It also attacks our identity while also attacking our relationships. We lose confidence in ourselves and others, and it tells us that we aren't good enough for the people that are around us, and so we might as well not even try because odds are it's just gonna hurt us again. Now, when I say that rejection is like a cut, I mean that in more ways than one. Rejection is actually painful like a cut as well. So we see the rejection affects our relationships, our identities. It affects us emotionally and mentally, but it also affects us physically. Physically, it affects us. Studies show that rejection actually piggybacks on physical pain pathways in the brain. And MRI studies show that the same areas of the brain become activated when we experience rejection as when we experience physical pain. In fact, our brain responds so similarly to rejection and physical pain that Tylenol actually reduces 
the emotional pain the rejection elicits. How powerful. Makes sense that the enemy would want to use this so often because it comes against us and it hurts us in so many ways. And when I was around high school age, I was really, really, really susceptible to it. And the devil knew it. So he kept using it against me time and a time and time and again. Now, rejection really hurt me in this particular part of my life because it's actually most potent when we are empty. If we are not being filled up by God on a regular basis, meaning we're not praying, we're not spending time with him worshiping or reading his word, the devil is going to tempt us to fill that emptiness with an unhealthy need for acceptance from others. And so when we were created by God, he created us as a vessel. And a vessel is something that holds something. And he created that vessel in each and every one of us to be fed and fulfilled and filled up by him and him alone as our creator. And so he says, if you come to me, if you spend time with me, I will fill you up. I will give you the strength that you need. I will tell you who you are and make you feel loved. But if we choose not to go to him, we're going to be empty. And the devil is going to tempt us to fill that emptiness inside of us with things of the world. It says in Deuteronomy 8.3, he, being Jesus, did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. So we're supposed to live by the words that come from the mouth of the Lord. But if we're not doing that, if we're not necessarily spending time with him on a regular basis, we're going to have to fill ourselves up somehow, some way. And the enemy says, well, here, I have a few options for you. And he's going to try and feed you and fill you with the bread of the world. Now, one of these that we commonly, I think, use, that I used when I was in high school as well, as a way to fill myself up when I was feeling empty, was social media. I remember I had time, a lot of time, and so I would just scroll and scroll and scroll. And eventually I would think, well, maybe I should post something so that I can feel good about myself. And so I'd post a picture and I'd keep checking to see how many likes I had, how many comments I had, and that was my way of trying to make me feel good about myself, of trying to figure out who I was. I was trying to get the attention and the acceptance of others on a screen. But of course, this didn't fill me. This didn't make me feel better. Instead, it just bred comparison and loneliness and dissatisfaction. And so when that didn't work, I thought, okay, well, maybe, with the enemy tempting me, maybe I can try and fill myself up with different relationships. Friendships, boyfriends, whatever it is, maybe they can make me feel good about who I am and make me feel loved. Well, I'm not saying that relationships are bad. We were created. We were born to be in relationships with people. People are so, so important to us. But when it becomes unhealthy is when we put the unrealistic expectation on our friends or a significant other to fill us up and make us feel good. When we put that expectation on them, we are asking them to do something that they were never intended to do. We're supposed to go to God for those things, acceptance, love, identity, all of those things. And so when we choose instead to go to our friends or our boyfriend or our girlfriend, we're actually just setting them up and ourselves for failure. 
because they can never make us feel good in the way that God is supposed to. No matter how close we get, no matter how much time we spend together, it's not something that was ever supposed to be their responsibility. And so when they fail, which they inevitably will because it was never supposed to be them that does that for us in the first place, then we just feel even more rejected. Man, my friend, she just doesn't really want to seem to hang out with me lately. I wonder if it's because she doesn't like me. And my boyfriend, he didn't tell me that I looked pretty today. And so maybe I'm really just ugly. And my mom, man, she just doesn't really seem to have my back very much. Maybe it's because I'm such a failure. That rejection starts to come in and say, you're the worst. You suck. You're not worth it. You're not enough. But it's really because we're going to the wrong source for that acceptance, for that identity, and for that love. I think the last way the devil commonly tries to manipulate us and lie to us about getting filled up is by achievement. We think, okay, well, if I can have enough success in this area, if I can do well enough, then I'll feel good. Then I'll know that I am who I am supposed to be. Then other people will like me, like my teachers, like my parents, and they'll be proud of me. Maybe if I get the good grades, if I make the team, if I do this and this and this, maybe then I'll finally feel good. The problem with this is that the moment that we fail, the second that we trip up, we have now built our entire identity and acceptance on something that was never supposed to take it, our own selves. We're not perfect, we're gonna mess up, and the second that we do, everything is going to crumble, and we're gonna be a mess yet again. And so, when we go to other things that the enemy tempts us to, rather than God, to fill us up, this is when we begin to get those feelings of feeling hurt, brushed aside, unincluded, and left out. And the smallest of things can leave you reeling. Smallest comment, smallest look, maybe it's a breakup, where you have no stability and you have no idea who you are anymore. But I feel like tonight, God wants to call us away from this. He wants to give us healing for this. He doesn't want us to continue to be slaves to our runaway emotions and assumptions. He doesn't want our days to be dictated by the moods of other people. And he really doesn't want past rejections feeding our propensity to feel rejected today and the next and the next. And so coming up next, we're about to check in on little Eddie. I want to come back and I want to talk about how God has given us the tools to fight against the enemy and the spirit of rejection. Welcome back to the Super Duper Clash Superhero Kick Super Show. Still me, Dude Super, coming at you from my Aunt Teresa's living room. No, Aunt Teresa, Star Trek's on later. I have the living room still, and I love you, and your sweet tea's great. Now, little Eddie got his feelings trampled on by the superheroes, but any man has a surprise for little Eddie. Maybe the surprise is exactly what our little dude, Eddie, needs to feel better. Let's check it out on the Super Duper Clash Superhero Kick Super Show. Is it a goldfish? No. Is it a penguin? No. Is it Arvark? Hey, what is it with you and Arvark? Hey, one second, I'm locked out. Let me let you in real quick. 
Come on uh, in. First of all, I don't appreciate the disrespect to our parks. They're a majestic creature. They're the most underrated member of the insectivore genome, and they happen to be one of the most interesting members of the No, turbid. hey, b before we go on, it, I saw you earlier. You looked pretty upset. What was going on? I wasn't. I, me? I, was, I wasn't upset, no. I just had, I had uh, sand in my eyes and ice in my heart. Eddie, come on. Tell me what was going on. Ugh, fine, okay. First, I was practicing my karate so I could beat up like 76 bad guys all at once. And then Hulk told me I was small and weak and, and puny. I couldn't beat up anybody. And then Spider-Man told me I was a cut out to be a superhero and I had weird feet. And then Supergirl called me Squishy. Have you ever even met these people before, little Eddie? Yeah, I just met them. Weren't you listening to me? I know adults check out when I talk to them, but I literally just told you that. No, I mean before today. Do these people even know who you are? No. They didn't even ask me my name, which I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell them anyway because of my secret secret identity, identifer, identification, identity, that's the word. There you go. Well, then why would you listen to them? They don't know you. They don't know who you are or what you're capable of. But do you know who does know you? Probably my doctor. We go way back. This one time I got a Hot Wheels car stuck in my, um, my navel. That's belly button. And it was in there real good. And so we went there, and my mom was all mad at me. And I had to pay the copay on my allowance. And then I tried the big pliers, and he was like, well, let me try the pliers. And I was like, okay, listen, Doc, it's not going to work. I tried the pliers. He tried the pliers. It didn't work. He ended up having to cut some things and move some things. And then you know, I had an Nini, and then it became an Audi because we had to pull an Audi out of the Audi. And then it was a whole thing. No, little Eddie, it's me. I'm the one that knows you. I've been the one that's watched you grow into this super awesome kid and I don't want you to listen to these people and the mean words that they're saying to you because you're so much more than that and that leads me to what I've been wanting to show you so wait right here I'll be right back okay I'll hold my breath okay <sighs> I couldn't do it couldn't do it no that's a long time what is that like 20 minutes what well, Eddie will you be my new sidekick is that my own superhero costume? Yes, it is. That's amazing. Yeah, there's nothing I would love more than for you to be my new partner. Okay, wait a minute, hold on, I have a really important question. Yeah, ask. Can I, can I have my very own superhero name, like Destroyer of Worlds or Captain Hippity Hop? You know, I'm not really great at names. Why don't really? you do it? Okay, yeah, how about we keep it a little, little more simple than that? How about Eddie Boy? Simple, easy to remember, I love it. Okay, I'm gonna put this thing on. Wait, 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 wait. wait. What? Why don't, why don't you go to the changing room? Over oh, that's a really yeah, good idea. Here. This is the best day of my life. I've never listened to anybody ever again, including my mom. I'm never taking this thing off. Actually, yeah, you do kind of have to watch that thing like a lot, and you still have to listen to your mom. No, I don't. Yes, you do. Whoa, little Eddie is now Eddie Boy. That's so sick. Maybe I could be like Dude Man some someday. I'll workshop it. But any man is the greatest. He's the greatest teacher of the superhero ways ever. And now Eddie is a sidekick. But Eddie boy, is he gonna be willing to listen or will he try and figure it out the hard way? Will he, will he in fact listen to his mom and wash his super suit? Find out next time on the Super Duper Punch Superhero Kick Super Show. Being for roll. Okay, 
So we just saw that little Eddie was really, they were so mean to him. They called him squishy, they made fun of him. But then any man comes in and he saves the day once again. And he says, little Eddie, why would you listen to those people? You don't even know them. I know you, I love you, and this is who you are. He goes ahead and goes against all of those lies that those people told them. And he begins to tell them the truth. And as cheesy as it is, that's the truth for us too. Because did you know that any man is supposed to be like Jesus? You guys got that, right? Okay. Oh, yeah. And little Eddie is like supposed to be us. That's, that's a little bit farther of a stretch. I know. I get it. I get it. Okay. Okay. So if we're little Eddie though, and we're getting rejected and people are being mean to us, as the drama say, and so does the Bible. We're supposed to go to any man or to Jesus and say, okay, what is the truth about who I really am? Because we find that this is the biggest weapon that we can use to fight rejection is truth. Truth proclaimed and lived out is a fiercely accurate weapon against evil. And so like little Eddie, we need to make sure that we are running to our Father, to our Creator, our God, to tell us who we are, to make us feel loved, to give us that acceptance, rather than other people in the world. We need to make sure that we're getting filled up by His adoration and His unconditional love instead of the fleeting acceptance of others. Now, I'll be completely honest, this is easier said than done. It is terrifying to walk away from rejection. Now, I know that this sounds weird, but hear me out. Of course, the enemy is not going to want you to get breakthrough from rejection. And so he's going to try and throw everything in your path so that you cannot get breakthrough. But the truth is, is that it's really, really hard to get out of the pit of rejection because it's terrifying to stand up for yourself. It's so scary to choose to want better for yourself. It's really, really hard to put yourself out there and choose to trust people again. And it's hard to admit that you are more than what those people said about you. Instead, it's easier to just subside in the lies. Insecurity makes the dark more comfortable than the light. And so it's easier to be a victim of rejection than a victor. And so when I had this choice, I had the people in my life supporting me saying, hey, you have the spirit of rejection. This is how you can get breakthrough. It was really, really hard. It was really, really hard to decide, you know, I want to believe the truth about what God is saying about me instead of the lies of what others are saying about me. Because now this means I have to stand up for myself. It means that I'm called to more. And it means that I have to trust people again. And those are hard things to do. It's hard to want more for yourself, to demand more for yourself. But I decided that I wasn't going to just lay down and die and let the enemy ruin years of my life any longer. I was willing and ready to begin to go to the Father, my creator, for the truth. And maybe I've known you your whole life. Maybe I've known you for just a couple of years, and maybe this is your first time ever seeing me but I want better for you than rejection. I want better for you than what I had. And I feel like even more importantly, God wants better for you as well. See, when I was able to get the support and people help me out of the pit of rejection and I was able to find breakthrough, it was like I was a new person. I became actually strong instead of just the fake strong 
that I was projecting to protect myself. I became actually grounded. I wasn't subject to the whims of other people's moods and opinions towards me any longer. I was able to let other people in because I knew that even if they failed me, even if they hurt me, it wouldn't matter because who I was wasn't based off of what they said about me and how they treated me. And most importantly, I was able to walk out into the call that God put into my life that he created me for, which required me to be both vulnerable and confident, which was a combination that seemed impossible to me before. And so tonight I feel like God is in this room and he wants to ask you, where has rejection been holding you back? Where has it been making you feel like you aren't enough? Good enough, smart enough, pretty enough, strong enough? God wants you to know that you're not the mistakes of your past. You're not the sum of the choices that you've made up until this point. You're not the things that other people have called you or their assumptions about you. You're not rejected. You're not a victim. It says in Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the things that he planned for us long ago. Long ago, he made plans for you. Long ago, he chose you. And he wants you to know tonight that one day, every part of who you are is gonna make sense. It's gonna click. Even the things that you hate about yourself, the things that don't make sense, the things that other people always seem to critique in you, your little quirks, your unique interests, your strengths, your weaknesses. One day, they're all gonna come together to form a person that is perfectly suited for your unique purpose. God knew what he was doing when he created you. You are not a mistake. You are handpicked. And when we go to the Father, when we go to his words, we see the truth of who we are. You're handpicked. And you're not forgotten. You're chosen. And he chooses you every single time. And you're not overlooked because his thoughts towards you outnumber the grains of sand in the world. And you're not flawed. He knit you together in your mother's womb perfectly. And the God who spoke the stars, the mountains, the rivers into existence, he made you too. And then after he created you, everything about you, he looked at you and he called you his masterpiece. And so tonight, with whatever you're walking into in this room, 
He wants to give you breakthrough. He wants you to be able to put down, forget, move past the lies of the enemy and his tricks and instead walk into boldness in his love and his purpose for you. And so I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes and just create a space alone with Jesus in this moment. And I want you to just think about the times that you've been rejected, the things they've called you, the times you felt alone and hurt and broken, and the people who made you feel that way. may be hard to think about, but I feel like in this moment, he wants to bring breakthrough and healing to you. Maybe it was when you were really, really young and you still can't believe that you're holding on to it, but for some reason, it still hurts. Maybe it came from a person who should have never hurt you, a parent, a sibling. They're supposed to be blood. They're supposed to treat you well. And yet they left you devastated. Boyfriend, girlfriend, friend, teacher, maybe someone you don't even know. I think he's calling us to let go, to forgive, and move on to better. And so tonight, Jesus, we just ask you to just come into this room and to just convict our hearts for where we've been holding on to rejection, where we've been holding on to feeling like a victim instead of a victor. I pray that you, as, bring you, as you bring up each of these instances where we've been hurt or called names or rejected Jesus, that you can help heal those hurts and that you can help us forgive the people who hurt us. Forgiveness isn't for them, it's for us. And so every person in this room, Lord, I just pray that you bind up the spirit of rejection and you cast it away in Jesus' name. We don't wanna live a life of lies anymore. We wanna become who you created us to be. And I also bind up and cast away the spirit of rejection in Jesus' name or in the spirit of victim, the victim spirit in Jesus' name. Bind it up and cast it away. No longer let it be a weapon that the enemy uses against us anymore. And in its place, God, you'll just lose healing. You'll lose a holy confidence and a holy boldness and a renewed purpose in each of these students' lives, that you'll guide them to let the right people into their lives who can be trusted. But when they fail them, and they will, that you'll remind them that you never will, that they can run to you because you'll always be waiting for them. We love you and we thank you for the breakthrough tonight. And we ask that as we leave this room, that your love just surrounds us. It's in your precious name that we pray.
Amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.